Hi, I'm Tommy from Dozer. And I'm Frederick from Dozer. And you are watching The Heavy Galaxy Show. <laughs> We'll do a, a just a we don't have to do no big intro kind of deal, Mr. What, Arthur. I don't get a C. big intro. What the fuck? Mr. Arthur C. Yeah, no, you gotta give Arthur. A show. All right, all right, all right. Where's my big intro. Where's my you gonna put in steam song? You already got one. Cool, there it is. All right, heavy galaxy show. We are back with another episode and our guest. Come on now, today coming to us from. The desert in Southern California. We got Mr. Arthur C. from Unita. What's going on, Arthur? Come on now. Hey, guys. What's going on, man? Yeah, out here in the dirty desert. Low desert. Not the high desert. Wow. Low desert. What's the difference between the low and the high? You know what? Everybody thinks that all of us music shit started in the high desert or something, but it, it didn't. It was in the low desert. The, low, the difference is about 40 minutes. Like, low okay. desert's Indio all the way up to Palm Springs. Indio, La Quinta, Palm Desert, Bermuda Dunes, Indian Wells, Rancho Mirage. Cathedral City, Palm Springs. So when you go up this the 62, that takes you like, uh, you know, 45 minutes, whatever, and you go up towards the high desert. So that's where you get Morongo Valley, Yucca okay. Valley, Joshua Tree, uh, 29 Palms, Wonder Valley, etc. But, you know, there is a difference of elevation, low and desert, high desert. Is that where the aliens are? Um, that's this week, I think, or next week. They, they do like an alien fucking uh, that Stefan Papanopoulos guy, whatever the hair from Ancient <laughs> Aliens. He comes and speaks. I don't know, Stan. They just saw. It's called Contact in the Desert. I want to go. I haven't gone yet, but I always miss it. Some fucking doing something. Well, I but supposedly he has a lot of alien shit there too. Yeah, I like aliens. I believe in aliens. You guys believe in aliens? I'm not. Uh, I'm not against believing in them. Let's put it that way. You know How about I mean? this? Uh, do you think that it's possible and probable that um, there yeah. is? I mean, Absolutely. we'd have to be full of ourselves. We think that we're the only sentient, sentient life in the vastness sure. of space well, in the universe. You know, I I tend to agree with you. It's yeah. a weird topic to get the show started, but nonetheless, sure. an important one. If you think. I love that shit. If you because think if how vast in the next few days, weeks, 
some aliens you know there's, there's, like, there's gotta be something somewhere on top. and then they get into a whole like parallel universes or metaverses mm-hmm. it gets deep, Ooh, it, gets deep. Yeah, deep. it is i'm very aware of yeah i like rick and morty i watch a lot of rick and morty <laughs> <laughs> i don't watch that though that's interesting all right oh watch it. it's brilliant it's fucking brilliant hell yeah to. hell yeah so arthur you need a I know you guys got a bunch of great festivals uh, coming up in the future here, including Ripple Fest, SoCal yeah. Heavy Jam. You got the Heavy yeah. Sang Song Fest in Germany. Yeah. So, man, just I guess start things off. Just fill us in what's going on with the band. What you guys got going on? Um, I guess the hot topic is, uh, yeah, we did. So we did a, a European tour last October. Uh, went very well. I mean, it was tough. That was probably the hardest tour I've ever done. Just uh, there was so many hurdles we had to jump that hit us. Because you gotta think, there's like three years of tours trying to happen all at once right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or and then yeah. too, it's just like everybody's trying to go and trying to find a reliable vehicle, a reliable driver, and this and that. Like everything involved in touring is just you know kind of chaos. So we definitely right. felt uh, that chaos. Like we we had a van and driver. We had to get rid of them for multiple reasons. <laughs> oh, no. oh, dude, like insane. If you want to get deep into that. Um, not, we'll get in that a little bit, but so anyway, it went rad. Different, but it had challenges. Had major challenges, dude. There was nothing but. Ch- I, it was only like a three week tour. I think the first week and a half was just challenges Where'd every you go? You? fucking day. Where, uh, what Maybe? countries did you play? We did um, Italy, Germany, uh, fuck the UK. Uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, um, pretty much all over. I know I'm forgetting a couple, but uh, Denmark. Did I say that? No. Uh, so it was cool. I mean, it was like we did, you know, we had like one day off or something, two days off in the whole time. We did like 12 shows in a row. It was the longest stretch. Um, but it was cool. I mean, again, this was, you know, without John. Mm-hmm. Um, John's part of, uh, we got this. Guy uh, Mark Sunshine singing. He was in Riot God, which is uh, a couple of guys from Monster Magnet. Mm-hmm. They did some stuff uh, a while back, and it all kind of started same thing with COVID. We had this whole European tour booked. I had this other guy singing, um, Dewey Bragg, who's a singer from Kill Devil oh, yeah. Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool dude. I've known him forever. We always talk about doing something together. And Nas, I'm a Nam. He's like, dude, guy. He's like, I got no, I can sing that. You need to shit. Yeah, you know what? How about fucking just let's just do that? And he's like, Yeah, and we got together, we did photo shoots, and, did, and it was badass. But then COVID happened, so we had to postpone it and postpone it again, you know, another year, another year. And then when it finally it was kind of like not last minute, but the agent's like, Hey man, these are all on, let's do it. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. So I hit him up and like he wasn't available to do it. He works at uh, he's in the union like me, stagehand stuff. So he's like an audio guy at the the Greek theater in L.A. Oh, okay. So he just got like you know promoted to head audio guy or whatever. Right. Um, and it was right in like their season, so you know that's tough. You know what I mean? That's a mm-hmm. that's a great gig. You know, it's union work. You get paid right. You get bennies. You know what I mean? So that's what okay. I try to do. I plan my stuff around it where whatever I'm doing, I can fit it in. Um, so he couldn't do it, and I'm just like, man, I'm not gonna cancel this fucking tour just because. So, um, a buddy of mine, he reckoned I'm doing my solo record too. He recommended Mark, and I hit him up to do on stuff on my solo record. 
because he's he's badass. Um, and I just hit him up. Hey, man, year round, you do anything? You want to do this European tour? Like, are you seeing all this shit? And he's like, fuck yeah. And then we did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was simply, seriously, just like that. Like, yeah. I don't want to cancel it. You know, you need it might be five different singers. Like, who knows now? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just, I want to play the music and people want to mm. hear the music. And that was one thing about that yes. tour that proved that people just want to hear the music. Of course, they love John, but everybody was stoked. And I'll have to say liked it even better. Because we went out there and annihilated every night. Like we went full, ah, you know. How you know, long is like, What? Yes. How long of set did you? Uh, oh, we did uh, hour 15, hour 20, depending, hour and a half, just depending on the show and where we're at. And, you know, some places yeah. it was more, okay, that's your time frame. And some was like, play all night if you want, right. you know. And, and we played everything. We played all the old shit, you know. We played all the stuff off of uh, <clears throat> Besser Wangro, all the Coyote shit. Nice. Um, so that was we want the whole thing of that term. Like that's it's been I don't know 100 years. Let's play all these songs. You know, we played songs that we never used to play. Like if only two, we never used to play. We played it in the early like when we first wrote it that era. We played it and then we stopped playing it because you know it's like it's really high and hard, right? But Mark can pull that off. Yeah, he sure can. He can pull that oh. off every night. He did great in Vegas. Yeah. Um, you guys, remember I had you all obsessed in Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> that night. Great show. That great was show. A fucking fun night. Yeah, that was good And times. Uh, people, like, it's always the same thing, but some. They're like, fuck, I just wish it was John. I'm like, John doesn't do a lot of stuff. He's no. not far off retirement. So just, you know, he's just... Do what's up here. He there. says it himself. Oh, I'm gonna retire. I'm yeah, gonna retire. he's like, I'm just not gonna. He's not gonna retire, but yeah. so I tell, so I tell people, like, but you're gonna hear these songs live. Have you heard them live before? Yeah. Uh, is this, you know, and especially uh, some yeah. as we we stopped playing fucking hundred years ago, we were, were playing them now. Like anything that we didn't play because you know maybe John yeah. didn't want to do it or mm-hmm. you know he doesn't like that song. John doesn't like it, but like say like if only it's a hard fucking song to do every yeah. fucking night. You know, so I get that. Um, but now we're gonna do all those songs, and we did do all those songs. Yeah, and people great. lost their minds every night when they heard it, they totally. And that's yeah, what I was never... gonna say is when that show started kicking in, and Arthur gets his faces going, <laughs> yeah. fucking riffing faces, and the beard's going wild, and uh, Mark starts singing, the rest is history, like people. Really, were like, oh, yeah, everybody was so because yeah. you know, at first I was kind of nervous because getting back to that tour, like, first show was in Madrid, no, Barcelona. You know, I'm like, okay, we're flying a day early so we can get there, chillax. I ran in the loft so it'd be nice and comfortable. Everybody can calm Great down from city. the travel, walk around, have some tapas, a couple of drinks, chill out, have a show the next day. But even right from then. Getting back to the logistics park, like we land. All right, cool. We're out here. Got our shit. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, I check my emails. Van already broke down. Jeez. I got an email from the driver. Van already broke down. Uh, because he was coming from France. Oh, yeah. And so he already had broke down. 
he had already checked something out and then he sort of did sort of down everything was great and like i get this because he was supposed to pick us up i'm like oh shit okay how's it pick us up now it's something wrong with that oh, okay i'm like you know i have to deal with this i'm like tour managing and i'm like wearing too many hats i'm like all right well fucking okay we're gonna yeah uber to the loft and i'm not gonna fucking worry about it and let's chill out and da 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 and luckily where i got the loft was like we could walk to the venue so we had a nice night chill out next day dealt it He's still not done. He's still, you know, it's getting repaired, whatever. Like, okay, now I'm getting worried. Like, what the fuck? So that first show, I was kind of like, oh, shit, man. All right. It's been a long time. It's a whole new guy. Um, Colin McCoy's on base. Amazing guy. I love Colin. Thank God for him. He's he's badass and calm dude, too, that can roll with the punches as well. But I was like, man, is anybody going to come to this show? Fuck. But psh, it was packed. Probably three, 400 people. I'm like, cool. Nice. And stoked, nice. and I mean, going ape shit like stoked, singing all the songs, ah, you know, in your face, just like where you're like, awesome, awesome, cool, yeah. Everybody is super fucking like, ah, the new guy sounds good, yeah. He does just like, ah, ah. At, first, like <laughs> at, at first I was like, ah, it's not John fucking, ah, but like, no, oh, he fucking, ah, John, yeah. yeah, that's cool, you know, yeah, die hard crazy, and, yeah. and then they kicked us out, and then it was a dance club, anyway. <laughs> and then the then the van finally shows up like uh Ugh. you know like four in the morning anyway. But uh what were we even talking about? I'm gonna go off tangents. So oh good, oh good, go nuts. Man. You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll go off on a I'll see a shiny squirrel over here and you know mm. I got I got diagnosed neural divergence, so uh <laughs> follow we're gonna go down some rabbit holes. Well, we'll, we'll follow the maze. We'll, we'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? When? Um. Just quick. So, when did you decide? Like, you know what, man? Like, fuck this. You know, we're gonna go out and we're gonna do this. You know, with or without John. Years ago. So you did. Okay. I decided years ago, but then it happened. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted to do this a long time ago. Um, even before Dewey, which was you know that was just before COVID. Um. Cause I got tired of sitting around and not doing, we worked really hard on that music and mm -hmm. we worked really hard getting it out there. We worked really hard. We worked really hard and we got fucked. Not because of our stupidity. <laughs> we just got caught in the big machine. Yeah. The, in the industry, so which happens yeah. to a million bands. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't regret that either because that definitely made me flip the switch and do more myself, know more, learn more. You know what I mean? Because it was at that era, it was like, okay, we got a manager. They're doing all that stuff. And we got this. I mean, I paid attention to everything. One thing I did really pay attention was like, sit with the lawyer and the contract and let's show me all this shit. I want to know all of this shit. Learn it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I paid attention to all that. And of course, in the studio, stuff like that. But just like, you know, the business stuff, or you got this guy doing that guy, and you got this guy doing this guy. And I see that in a lot of, you know, older, not older, I guess maybe older. What do they call them now? Legacy bands? Yeah. Where they're mm -hmm. used to that. They have their team and the machine and, you yeah. know, doing everything for them. So it's kind of not that way anymore. And I've seen it in some bands that I've worked for where, like, wow, they're still that way. Like, because they do side projects and they totally fucking fuck them up because they're used to having a team and they don't know what to do to get yeah. on and where they can have another side thing and make some money, but they botch it because they don't have a clue of you know, everything that you need to learn anyway. So, 
So you got the van driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude. Um, but anyway, what I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and uh, I just I told Mike Cancino, I'm like, you know, I text John, hey John, let's let's meet up, let's talk. And we went up uh, to Morongo and, and met with them and just explained to them, hey man, you know, I get where you're at, you're doing your solo thing, that's cool, more power to you. We want to play these songs, we want to do this music, we want to go do Unita with this other singer, you know. And he was cool about it. He's like, well, I'm not, I'm not out of the band, but yeah, go ahead, you have my blessing, I get it, go do it. Um, so that's when it started rolling with Dewey Time frame didn't work out now, Mark. Um, I mean, I should have done it way before then, but I don't know. And so it, it happened now and that's cool. Yeah. It's great that it's happening now. Mark's on the other side of the country. Yeah. So, that's a little, uh, cause we're planning stuff right now. We're going back to Europe in October, um, we have the shows in September. That's a little more difficult, but it's just adult planning. Like, all right, let's fly <laughs> you in yeah. this day. Let's rehearse these days. Let's record. Because yeah. we have a bunch of new stuff. Let's record these days. You know what I mean? Can you get that off or whatever? And all, you know, as long as he can, you know, financially, like anybody else, you know, we all have to pay the bills. Pull it off. Cool. Let's do that. So it's a little more planning. It's an ideal where we can, like, just jump on a show or something because you know he's down the street and like all right let's go right. it's a little more uh, but you know it hasn't it's not a big deal yeah that's the complete opposite side of the country but that's all right <laughs> it's jersey yeah jersey totally jersey i like mark i'm not gonna hold it against him he's an eagles fan yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah as a cowboys fan but you know now you guys i think have had more bassist than spinal any band in the world Absolutely. <laughs> Spinal Dead drummers. I want to make a shirt. I want to make a shirt and list everybody because there is so many. Should we list them right now? Yeah, let's go over a few of them. So of let's them, go right? way back. So a little tidbit of news. You need a I found I have I've had. We did these four songs before we were even called Unita. We were called 13. And we did them in Monkey Studios where we did the other two Unita records um with Steve Feldman. And I finally dumped those two-inch tapes digitally, had them mixed. So we're going to release that with Ripple here pretty soon, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, like I mean, nobody's ever heard these songs. And they're cool. I mean, this is like beginning, beginning. Like, they're I'm tuned so low. I don't think – I don't even know what I tuned to. I was learning them. I'm like, the fuck did I even tune to? How old were you? It's like turned down the pie or something. It was It's weird. Anyway, it's cool stuff. But how old were you? Arthur? That was 97. How and old was how I then? I was 27. You... So how did you and John link up? Uh, me and Mike Cancino, we've always played. We had a band uh, back in the day, high school, out of high school. Um, and the same thing, like Eddie, who was in House Broken Promises, he was our bass player. He bailed. He split. We didn't have a band anymore. It was actually Eddie and Mike's brother, Chad. Um, it was called Magic. <clears throat> um, but Eddie Bell moved away, all that kind of shit. And Mike's brother, he does all the Latin stuff. So I think he went and did, uh, I forget what band, Ray Camacho or something. That's like a popular guy. Anyway, so me and Mike sitting around just, you know, that age drinking. You know, this is like our mid-20s. 
So we're, you know, we were jamming, but mostly we were just, you know, doing what you do in your mid twenties, going out every night, drinking, having fun. We would jam, but we weren't really serious. And like, I remember when I turned 27, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this now. And I told Mike, same shit. Hey, dude, if we're going to do this, we need to do this now. I'm like, all right, you're a drummer. Cool. I'm a guitar player. All right, cool. We need a fucking singer. We need a fucking singer. We're a singer. And I'm like, what about that Caius guy? Because Caius just broke up, you know. <laughs> you know, you know, you know that dude. He's like, oh no, yeah, yeah. Because we liked him. We all we, we liked Caius. It's like, you know, I always thought he was a great singer. I'm like, I, I'm gonna fucking get a hold of that Caius guy, man. What the fuck? Who do I know that knows him? <laughs> and my ex at the time knew his girlfriend at the time, so I called my ex. Hey, man, you know, da, 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 da. can you like send relay a message? You know, this is pre fucking internet, even. This is like 96. Right. This is probably 96, 95, 96, seriously. Because they broke up at 95. So this is probably 96. But did they do slow burn before you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when they just started doing slow burn. And I sent the message, and she called his girlfriend, and she told him. And then we talked, and I'm like, hey, man, we're going to, because me and Mike were jamming with a buddy. And there was like this pool hall in Cathedral City, you know. We were gonna jam there just instrumentally. I say, hey, man, come out, just check it out, see if you dig it. If not, we'll jam. If not, eh, no worries, man. We'll have a beer. It's all good. And we were writing like different kind of stuff, heavy, you know, whatever you want to call it, stoner, this, the Sabbath. We kind of went back to our roots, I guess, because me and Mike's the other band magic, like we were fucking racer X meets Ozzy bark of the moon era fucking meets Pantera with some white zombie and shit. Like we're fucking shredding. Middle, fucking, yeah. Mm-hmm. You fucking sweet picking and every song six minute long. So, I mean, we had a little dream theater in there too. And <laughs> it was cool. It was like, dude, Mike Varney. That's why every time I see Mike, Mike Varney, Mike Varney, you don't even know because that's all we listened to at that time. And then we didn't do shit. And then we started doing this. Like we kind of went back like it's fucking Black Sabbath. And, you know, anyway, he came out, saw us play, dug it. We started jamming. That's when he was doing Snowburn. So we would jam and we jammed like that. Just me and Mike for like a year, you know, just fucking around, drinking, jamming, drinking, jamming, just, you know making tapes, just, you know, recording the things. And then those, these four songs that we're going to put are actually the tail end of that. Those are the ones we liked. And we're actually like, hey, let's record these. And we recorded them. Um, but then, yeah, that's when he was doing Slow Burn and then started, you know, they were doing more um, before he left that to focus more on Unita. But it was cool, man. We had fun. We would just talk music and listen to music and jam and drink you know this yeah. mid 90s late night yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah and you know you have such an interesting story with uh, the different releases along the way you you had a great split you were on who was that with dozer dozer who just yeah, made a we great just, comeback we just got that back too from that label yeah, that was a little bit of a battle. Not a battle per se, but you know, there's a lot of emails. Um, and we had to have a lawyer send some emails because they <laughs> never paid us, like ever. Wow. Because it was oh. Meteor City, that guy Jad, and then he sold mm. it to the all of all his heavy store guy, mm. Dan. Mm. And 
and uh, you know, in all that nonsense, it's yeah, and it just got caught in the wasp. I've been I've been battling like, hey man, let's get all this under control. Right, you know what I mean, like right, because it's just sitting there in kind of la la land. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, and I've been talking to this guy too. I, you know, emailed him like a, a few years, a couple of few years. He goes, "Hey man, what's going on with this record? I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a report. I haven't seen any money. I'm sure it's selling, even if it's a couple of bucks. I haven't seen anything." Right. Um. He's like, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah, man. Uh, you know, went through a divorce. Wah, wah, wah. Um. <laughs> I mean, sorry, but that's." Not my I fucking problem. Yeah. yeah, you know. Exactly. I, sorry, yeah, bud, but like, studio. Yeah, you have those are my kids. Like, what the fuck? I, I'm sorry for you. Like, whatever. Um, give us the and I told I told him just on my own. Like, hey man, just how about you just give us the record back? Oh yeah, I'm doing that. I'm I'm giving the records back to everybody. I'm like, okay, cool. But he wanted to like keep the digital. I'm like, dude. No. Oh man. <laughs> Wait, I, no. Just give us the whole thing free and clear. Technically, you already breached all this shit. You haven't sent a fucking quarterly anything. You haven't paid a dime. Like, let's just call it a day. You guys made money off us. You guys played made plenty of money off us. You know, they built that label, Meteor City, and all off the backs of the first thing they put out was a Caius bootleg. And they gave John like 10 of them or 20 of them or some shit. And that's how that label got all that money to start. You know, I'm sure none of those guys got the money, but that's how Meteor City started. They bootlegged the Caius. It was like a live show in Austin or something, and they bootlegged it and put it out, and that's where they got a bunch. But then they did our record, which that's all a good amount. They made a shit ton of money there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good splits, though. Yeah. Well, of course. Like Nebula and someone. Absolutely. They they made money, and that's how they got it all good. Anyway, so I'm just like, hey, dude, just give it. And then he wouldn't do it. And. I'm like, hey, John, it's going to, and then we had to get a lawyer. And oh, it was cool. It was just like a nice letter, like, hey, man, let's just uh, call it a day on this. And he's like, oh, well, yeah. I need to check uh, the contract. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And, mm. But, you know, the little bit of like yeah. nice, lawyer nice lawyer that. email, mm-hmm. uh, we got it back. And then we're going to re release it through Ripple with some added stuff awesome yeah 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 just stuff like that it it, i know that's not even the biggest adventure you're going through or have gone through because no the history behind the unreleased album is so crazy yeah Uh, i've obviously gotten versions and stories all over the place including from you and even have talked to john about it uh here and there and so and, and Rick Rubin was involved yep. <laughs> as well, which yeah. is just wacky. He signed so, us. Wh- yeah. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that era. Uh, I mean, Anita was, then what was happening then? Well, we were, we were being, we were doing our own thing. We did that Wango record, which is from Heat. Wango is a character in Heat. Anyway, we watched Heat a lot at that time. <laughs> um, Jesus. <clears throat> And we were we put that out. Then we put out the coping record, Man's Rune. Sad. Frank Kozik passed away. That's a fucking super yeah. bummer. I mean, you know, he started the careers of a lot of bands. You know what I mean? Um. So we were doing our own thing, ourselves, going to Europe, playing, and doing really well. So I remember we played uh, 
We played CBGBs. We were in New York for something. One of those fests, foundations, fests. I don't know. Somewhere in New York. Something. We're playing CBGBs for one of those, you know, they used to have those like foundations forum things or whatever. You know, kind of like South by Southwest, but it was CMJ, in, right? CMJ. CMJ. One of those. It was yeah. in New York. So we we're there. We played CBGBs. Fucking awesome. We played CBGBs twice. And I remember this. We played. We killed. It was awesome. Packed. I mean, it's not hard to pack that place, I guess. Ah. <sighs> And this like suit guy comes up. It was classic. It was like movie shit. Like it's like <laughs> nice suit guy, and he's got this like f- like notebook like folder. You know what I mean? He's like, hey Arthur, how you doing? I'm like, oh hey dude, what's up? What's up? Oh I'm so and so from Sony, and da da da. He's all check this out, and he opens this notebook, and it's like all our press printed out. I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. Okay, I've seen all that. You know, magazines stuff like that, Europe shit. I'm like, oh, he's like, we really like you guys, man. We should really talk to them. I'm like, well, fuck yeah. <laughs> so Sony was kind of courting us even before Rick Rubin got involved. And it was kind of more of like uh, Sony Germany kind of started it because we did really well in Germany. And this guy, Kai Denning, he was battling hard to get us assigned to Sony Germany. We went to like Sony headquarters in Germany. It was dope. You know, massive building. Everything was uh, fucking, what's his name? Falco. Rock me Amadeus and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he was like huge. He was huge besides yeah. that one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. Like, he was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, he had a comic he produced song. It too, yeah. Bono or song. something for Germany at that. You know, it's always that weird thing. Like, he was the dude. Well, probably not, probably not that much. Really, probably not that much. He was big in Germany. <laughs> he was big, though. Yeah, he was big. Well, big. so is David Hasselhoff. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, That's what point, I'm saying. Yeah. It was exactly <laughs> like that. Dude, when he went into Germany, Germany and the whole place is his fucking picture everywhere. It's like <laughs> he's doing something right. Anyway, so we did all that, did all that, did all that, did all that. And then suddenly America's like, oh, shit. I think they're the same but different. So America wanted to swoop us up. Anyway, but then at that point, Rick Rubin's American labels was a part of Sony. So then he found out about us. Um, actually, George Aculius loved us, who ended up producing that record. Um, he showed Rick. And then Rick's like, what the fuck? And dug it. And then next thing you know, it's like, we're going to go meet Rick Rubin. First, <laughs> first it was, uh, we had to do this like fiery hoop thing where like we went into a studio. I think it was cello, you know, classic, famous fucking studio right there in Hollywood. Frank Sinatra, all the shit. And we had to like uh, set up in the studio, and we played like a like a set for Rick Rubin to come in. <laughs> he sat <laughs> in the control room, and then we had to play to like prove that we could play or something, or that we were any good. It was pretty trippy. I remember Sky Reader being all pissed off about it and shit. All oh, jumped so through hoops. Was- but they don't have to light them on fire, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump through all the fiery hoops. Rick Rube is right there fucking checking us out because he likes us. What are you mad about? Light some more hoops. Let's go, motherfucker. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. You want me to fucking paraglide in through some hoops and then fucking play a solo? I'll do it. This is the fucking great. to be on fire. Be Dude, I, I was like, this is amazing. What the fuck? I'm not going to cry about I gotta play it, so I'm good. Please, Jack Rubin, sit there. I'm gonna young and hungry. Shove this up your ass, Rick Rubin. You sit fucking right there. I'm gonna shove the guitar back. <laughs> and we did. And it was great. And he was like, oh, wow. You know, we sat down with him and he sat all yoga and shit. And <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the room on this rug. And then we wrapped out for like an hour or whatever, talking about music and how this, that, and like this, and all this shit. Dude, I have 
the CD still because they recorded it all. At some point, I don't put that out. It's a shitty recording. But, like, I have that moment where we played these, like, six, seven songs, you know, with fucking Rick Rubin sitting, staring at us to see if we're any fucking good. You know what I mean? You know, I get what he was doing. Yeah. All right. Okay. These guys are cool. Let's see what their deal is. And he dug our vibe. And I have that still. Pretty crazy. Um, And then we just got into talks with that. So it went from, like, Sony Germany to Sony New York to, like, okay, now it's American Records. Rick Rubin and I love Rick Rubin. Like he's done probably all my favorite records, all the Cult and fucking. I mean, dude, I mean, come on, how many mm-hmm. great records has he done? He's <clears throat> off you. Um, he didn't produce it. He kind of executive produced it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard about him. He doesn't necessarily. He's not in the studio that often. Is that what happened with you guys too? Well, yes, they had Draculas too. I'll say, um, in that aspect of his career, he'd already gotten to the point where like he just comes in gives you a few things and then bails. Mm, okay. I mean, back in the day, he was there the whole time. Da, da, da. But what he did for us, he liked us. He kind of like executive kind of produced. George Aculi has produced it, um, who was his right-hand man since the beginning, like coming up, college dorm shit. So you look on a lot of those old records, like the Colt Electric, it says uh, George has uh, assistant producer credits on it. Mm-hmm. So all those records that he produced, like George was his right hand man. They were right. buddies. They came up together, and we met with George because you know we're like going through producers. We wanted. I was like, cool, let Rick Rubin do it, but he was I forget what he was doing, some bank of band, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we met with George, and George was super fucking cool. And you know, researching him, like, oh shit, he did that record. I remember talking to George because when we were in Europe, I got we went to Sony, you know, they gave us like stacks of CDs. I remember I found this one. I don't know if you ever guys heard it called a band called Reef. You ever heard of Reef? Reef. They were like, I guess, 90s. Really cool. Singer had a kind of strange voice, but it was badass. Check them out. Really fucking cool. Anyway, I listened to that record, that whole fucking tour. I'm like, damn, this is so good. Like, sonically, it was it was raw, but big. Just a little bit of shine, but huge and raw. And George produced that record. And I started talking to him about it. Like, oh, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. And George, well, what do you want it to sound? I'm like, you know what? The strange band I found, this band Reef. I like the production on that. It's fucking raw and mean and big. He's like, dude, I produced that record. I'm like, Pfft. oh wow, done. I got, I vote for him. You know, and then that turned into a whole thing too. We're like, Rick wanted Tom Morello to produce our record. Mm. So then we started. We hey, he had a meeting with Tom Morello. You know, all right, we're gonna we're gonna go to Rick's house today. You know, Rick's mansion. He's got that mansion just above Sunset. Meet Tom Morello. I'm like, I love Tom Morello. I'll go meet Tom Morello. I mean, I'm already, I fucking, I'm in the George, but I'll go talk to Tom Morello. Sure. So we drive up to Rick's house, you know, it's like fucking castle mansion thing. And <laughs> some weird guy escorts us. Oh, we're going to go into the library. <laughs> Takes us. <laughs> it was like that too. Like, oh, the library. And the library's got like this, you know, eight foot polar bear. That he had bleached because it wasn't white enough. <laughs> and we sit in there for a while. And then, you know, whatever, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, here comes Rick Rubin and Tom Morello. And then we just sat there and bullshit with Tom Morello for like an hour or two, like talking music, guitars, and this and that. Um, and he was super cool. Hindsight, should we have had Tom Morello do it? Probably because Rick and him were butt buddies at that time because he was. What do you think he was trying to do? Produce the next rage. What did he do after that? Produce the next rage against the machine. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. But George was the shit. And Tom was cool. You know, we talked guitars. He's like, man, you know, one of those cool moments where like some guy, you're like, I love Rage. He's like, dude, when you lay into a riff, man, you fucking, you just lay into a riff. Like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's telling me that. Holy shit. The fuck, he's the right. king of that. He's the king of that shit. I'm like, thanks, dude. Fuck. Oh. You know, so, <laughs> so it would have been cool, but like, that's when Rage was taking a shit. Cause okay. then he kind of disappeared and all those talks kind of went to hell. And, um, he never gave me credit either because he didn't know what a baritone. Because I wrote a song, that song King. I did it on a baritone. I wrote it on a baritone guitar, and I was telling him about that. You know, we're playing guitar. He's like, baritone. What's a baritone guitar? I'm like, oh, you don't know what baritone guitar is? And then Rick Rubin's all, bring us a baritone guitar. <laughs> he tells us. He tells his assistant like that too. Like, I forget his name, Jay. I don't know. Bring us a baritone guitar. And that motherfucker comes back like five minutes later with a baritone guitar. He's like, oh, here, man. I'm oh yeah, see, it's a 27-inch scale. It's longer. It's lower B to B. He's like, oh, shit. And then what happens? That next rage, half of that record is baritone guitar. No way. Wow. <laughs> he didn't give me no credit. Wow. <laughs> I don't see my name. Hey, thanks, Arthur, for turning me on the baritone guitar. Yeah, that half next record. that Or that whole fucking record. It's on fucking baritone. Anyway. Which record? Um, the Battle of Los Angeles one. Or? Yeah, I think the what's the yeah, one with the red and green it says Rage, but it's oh, Rage you, 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 you Empire. I think it's that one of those in that era. I forget, but I'm like, I listen to it, I'm like, hey man, this is on guitar because it was lower because he's cool. tuned standard. Um, anyway, but that's one of those cool things. I'm like, I don't care. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you you so anyway, fucking. No more Tom Morello. That's when they were breaking up. So he disappears. Like, ah, fuck him anyway. George Coolest is the shit. We all got along with George. We all love George. George is the shit. I love that dude so much. Like, I learned everything from George. Like, how I produce, how I do things. I paid attention and soaked up every fucking ounce of anything I could from him, from Joe Barisi. If you know who that is, he's done all the fucking latest tools and Slipknot and queens of stone age like he's the dude he's he's done every great record <clears throat> and i just you know sponged all that shit in um so i went with uh, george and he's like okay cool we did it we did it at sound city you know what i mean i'm sure you guys oh, seen cool. i'm sure you've seen Absolutely. sound city dave Grohl documentary we did it oh, yeah. in that fucking studio you know when it was still like kind of wow. shitty you know <laughs> like after they just painted it or whatever i think we went in there and I loved it. I thought, you know, you, it was. So you walk down that hallway and it's like yeah. every fucking record you ever loved. Yeah. You know, the first so rage, Nirvana, Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. like all this crazy Rick Springfield, Dio, fucking Striper. Like, you know, me and Mike mm-hmm. are big Striper heads. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, Pat Benatar, like all these badass yeah. sounding records. Yeah. And we're like, fuck oh, yeah. You know, I was yeah. in that, that studio. We're in Studio A and that. And the, oh, that's awesome. Fucked up orange, you know, fuzzy carpet on the walls and shit. Yeah, yeah it was that cool, place, man. It was a shithole. You're right, though, for a while. I jammed in there, too. It was for a while. A shithole. It was, it yeah. Yeah. The joke was it was called Sound Shitty, even though it sounded amazing. Yeah. But yeah. just, like, it was, you know, shitty. Yeah. Like, the couch in the lounge was, like, yeah, exactly. walked probably from the 70s still. And mm-hmm. who knows what. But it was cool. But, I mean, the gear. Oh, I mean, we did... 35 rolls of two inch tape. We did everything on tape, you know, so it, it, 
it was cool. And we were in there for, I don't know, like a month or something or three weeks. And then Slipknot came in. That's how I got involved with Slipknot is they came in to do Iowa. Remember Siobhan, she's like, oh, yeah, I got this band coming in. Iowa, the Slipknot, it's supposed to be the craziest fucking new, craziest band ever. I'm like, what? Slipknot, what the fuck? I remember I got a, because I used to get Krang's, and I got a Krang tape and a CD. I think it was both. I had both. still have them, actually. Um, I'm like, all right, let me listen to these fuckers. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it's like noise. <laughs> but it was cool. <laughs> and then they played the Palladium, like, not too long after. I'm like, Mike, we're going to go see these fuckers. They're going to come in the studio, man. We got to, you know, see what the fuck they're about. And we saw them at the Palladium, and same thing. We're like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, that's insane. But what are these guys doing? They're just running around beating on shit, screaming like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it was pure chaos. It was awesome. And they came in and they were super fucking cool dudes. Me and Paul and Joey instantly broke down and like they were big fans of us. Like I'm like, well, you guys know who we are. Like, what? They're like, oh yeah, man, guys, you need the fuck. We love that shit, man. <laughs> really, really fucking cool. <laughs> and Paul, Paul played for you, Nita, right? He told yeah, you he did a tour with us for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Was he one of the 15 different bases? He was. Play? He was. He was. He was. Paul Did was the best brother? dude ever. Do you have a brother that played also bass? And you need a? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you want to list them? There's a lot. We can list them. You know, at one time we were trying to get them out, but, you know, there's like, uh, someone I know. <laughs> There's like a few people you never heard of. Like in the early like 13 days, we had this one buddy, my buddy's nephew, just to have bass because it was always just me, Mike, and John. And we had this one guy, Paco, that would just come up, you know, just to play bass. He wasn't in a band or anything. He just like, hey, man, come fucking rumble some notes. Cool. Right. Um, so Paco and then this uh, other guy, Billy Cordell, for like a heartbeat. He's uh, in Yawning Man. He's now. in Yawning Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've yeah. same thing. We grew up with Billy. Um, but yeah, like even in that time, like he would never show up and fucking. Like, right. Hey, we're gonna rehearse. He never wanted to rehearse. Okay. He'd be like, "Oh, I worked a full day today. Uh, I can't rehearse." Like, we all worked a full day today. What the <laughs> fuck? You want to like you know like we would just ah, let's right. play. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are aren't aren't that. So- so Reader was there at that and point then, to get it signed. So there's those, those guys. We'll go through the bass players real quick. And then uh, we hit up Scott. In the very beginning, we hit up Scott. He came and jammed, and it was awesome. It sounded great together. And he loved it, but he didn't want to do it. He, he didn't want to play anymore. He was – these are exact, his exact words. He can say it's not, I don't know, or not, but like – his reason why he didn't want to do it is because the excitement that he got from the stage, he now gets it from going to like city council meetings and keeping his neighborhood clean and shit like that. Okay. That was that was his focus at that time. He didn't I get it to a point. They they got burned, Caius got burned, or he got burned, or he feels he got burned, whatever the fuck. So it taints you. Um, I never let that shit taint me. Uh, but he didn't want to do it. We're like, all right. Then we actually hit up Brant Bjork. And Brant's like, oh, I got a guy, man. He's in Santa Cruz. Super cool. Blah, blah, blah. This guy, Dave Dinsmore. Okay, cool. So we called him. 
he drove down. We jammed all weekend. It was cool. We're like, fuck it. Do you want a job? He's like, yeah. He fucking moved down to the desert. And that's when we did all that shit. And Dave's awesome. I love Days of Death. I mean, he's a fucking nutcase, too. Everybody's a nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we did all those tours with Dave. And Dave's great. But we just couldn't stand Dave anymore, I guess. <laughs> you don't have to go in well, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm honest. Dude, we're all in our fucking 50s. Right, right. Well, I don't give a shit, dude. He can right. wants to fight. Call me. It's good. No. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that, but it's like, uh, this is my version. And, and it's, it's a long time ago. It's the truth. Uh, Yeah, man. He had issues. He had things he had to deal with that made him that way, but whatever. Um, But I mean, that's the story of the band. You want the story of the band? I'm not going to candy coat shit. Like, oh, everything. Yeah, we want the story. Absolutely. And Dave just didn't want to do it anymore. No, we just really couldn't take it because he would fucking flip out and blow up like every other fucking thing. And like, everybody was over it. You know, and that's when we're talking to Rick Rubin. But then as soon as we're talking to Rick Rubin, who wants to be in the band now? Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Who's that? Hmm. Um, And that's when Scott joined. Which was cool and it was awesome for a while. Um, but then, you know, shit goes south and people either keep on keeping on or they're done. Well, let's, but now let's focus in on how, what happens with that album. You've recorded it, you're in the studio at Sound City. Ruben's executive, George is. George produced producer. it. For what uh, happens? Joe Barisi engineered it mostly. He quit on that record. That's a good story, too, if you want that. Joe Barisi quit. We got a different engineer. That was a whole nightmare, like right in the middle of the fucking record. Eh, Towards the end, he fucking quits. That's when Joe Barisi was like the the best, baddest engineer, but he was coming up to being the engineer producer guy. So he was kind of over just being the engineer. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. He, was he was ready to take the next level. Next, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was over like you couldn't ask him anything. Like I'd go in and do the solo or something. I'm like, hey man, what do you think about that? This part. I'm not producing it. Get George. Hey, somebody get George. Oh uh, yeah. Ask George. <laughs> I'm not producing this record. I'm mm-hmm. just the engineer. Like that, like and like that. I'm like, is that is that kind of typical for for a lot of those guys to do that, or is it the guys that are? I'm gonna say the guys that are have a name and they're about to be a bigger name and be the producer slash engineer. Hmm. I'm gonna say yeah because that's what happened with him. He was over the fact that I get it to a point. Like say technically, if I'm asking him the question about. That would be a producer's question for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I never asked him anything to whatever. I'd just be like, eh, it seems a little wide. What do you think? That's an engineer thing. Yes, that's a little wide. Let's do it again. Tighten it up. He was just like, you couldn't ask him shit. It was like, get George. I'm not producer. I'm not the producer. Get George. He just hits right. record and okay. <laughs> turns knobs and makes it sound amazing. Anything else. Mm-hmm. So I was... It was kind of fucked up. Uh, I mean, I love him death. I'm still a big fan of his work, and absolutely. But, you know, the same thing. It's one of those things, like him and George 
they weren't seeing eye to eye of how the record would. Because I like how George produced. Like he wouldn't be in there the whole time up your ass. He'd go get the fuck out. Let me do my thing. Let me uh, and just let me get. Let me be here with the fucking engineer. Hit go. And let me do my thing. Okay, I'm done. George, come in here. Check it out. This is what I did. What do you think? Sure. That's great. That's great. Nah, you could probably do that better. That's a little wide. Just that kind of stuff. Um, instead of just being in there all the time with your ass, nickel and diamond you or something. I don't like that. That gets a little like kills your vibe. Some producers are like that. Some some like Ross Robbins, he's like that. He'll be on your back punching you while you're trying to play a solo and stuff like that <laughs> to get that take. That's what he would do with Slipknot. Um, but I mean, that was like a crazy thing where like he quit and this and that. Like him and Scott, him and Scott got drunk, and like the next day it was like he quit and fucking, you know. Greasy's manager and our manager and the label. Like, it was a big thing. He quit the fucking record. Like, we weren't done. They're like, oh, shit. Mm. You know, budgets and this and that. And we're paying a lot of money for this place. And Mm -hmm. what the fuck? And who are we going to get? Oh, shit. Who are we going to get? Oh, fuck. What the fuck? You know, we need somebody that's badass. Ah." So then we got this guy. Fuck, brain fire right now. I can't remember his name. That's probably better that way. Another another good name. No, that guy was awesome. I'll remember. But he came in, saved the day, super cool, super chill. Him and George, they knew what their spiel was and all that kind of shit. Another thing I have, that guy mixed the whole fucking record. He's like, hey, man, can I mix this fucking shit? I just want to do it just because I want to do it. You don't have to use it. I just want to do it. I love this record. I'm like, do it. I have that still. Um, Super cool, crisis averted. I mean, it was a big drama. Like, it was like managers calling and, you know, it was, yeah. it was like, fuck, man, I'm just trying to make a record. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and then we were done. Uh, Eddie Schreier mastered it, big massive mastering guy. Well, Jim Scott mixed it. We went to I think cello again. You know, massive badass fucking studio, legendary yada yada. George George worked a bunch with Jim Scott. And Jim Scott's, you know, Grammys and this and Santana and like all these big names. Huge guy. Super cast. Super cool fucking dude, man. I just talked to him, actually. That's another story. But he mixed it. Did a great job. Um, It was cool. We were in the same studio. Uh, System of Down was doing, I think, Toxicity or some shit. Or I forget what record they were doing. But, you know, they loved us. We're hanging out with them the whole time. We're drinking beer. They're smoking weed. We're playing foosball. You know, it was cool. It was a cool time. <clears throat> and then it was mixed. Eddie Schreier, big name, mastered it. Um, and then where it goes south is Rick Rubin, American, was with Sony. Sony's the machine. American mm-hmm. is like, you know, a few people. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sony yeah. does all the work. So this is where you need to pay attention to the business-wise people out there because it is the music business. And don't ever forget that. And any kid or this or that, it's business. It's a fucking business. That's mm-hmm. it. We love music. It feeds our soul. But it's the music business. And if you don't know the business or don't like business, then don't do it. Fucking go sing karaoke and <laughs> put out whatever in the fuck and don't take it seriously because it's a fucking business. So this is where like the big business came into it where – we didn't know, and nor did our management tell us that Rick does four-year deals. So his four-year deal with Sony was up. So it was like they're going to re-up that deal or he's going to go somewhere else and get a bunch of millions 
and them be his distribution, everything, the machine. Yeah. Um, so that was like right when we were done, ready to go. We had just did like a big press junket thing where like all the mags and this and that came and listened to the record and all, all that kind of shit prepping. And it was like voted most anticipated in the year, all this crazy shit. But then everything stopped because they had to negotiate that new deal. And this took like eight months or something, maybe more of just sitting around like, what the fuck? Okay, well, they're figuring it out. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's fucking bazillion dollar things and lawyers and this and that. So anyway, at the end of the day, Rick was, he was mad at Sony for something. So he was like, I'm not doing Sony. And he went back to Island Def Jam. And Sony wanted to keep us. They tried to keep us. Um, They kept system. They tried to keep us. But we, we had no say. We had to go with whatever Rick said. And he wanted to keep us. And so we had to go to Island Def Jam. So it's the classic fucked up story of one label that everybody loves you. I mean, we sat with them because we were already talking to them before even the Rick Rubin stuff. We're like, we love you guys. You guys are great. You guys are rock and roll. We want a rock band. Allison Chains should be our big rock band. They're all fucked up. We want to build like they wanted to like build a spin. We're going to take three years and we're going to build you guys to this fucking level. You guys are shit. We're going to push the singles. We're going to do we're going to Those put, were the days. Yeah, exactly. We're going to yeah, put the yeah. effort. We're going to put the money towards support and this and that. And we know what's going to take. We know it's going to take two or three years. We're going to put three years into you guys to build it up. And then yeah. you guys are going to be our fucking rock band. You guys are rock and roll. Nobody is rock and roll anymore. You guys are rock. Like they were smart. Like rock's coming back. You're our rock band. Ah. And we were like, yeah, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> okay. that's what they just did to. Um, I saw that because they did that with Maroon 5. Oh, dude. How can you use exactly. that word? Sure, but they were a rock band. Technically. In the beginning, yeah. they were. Technically, soft rock, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, they, yeah. but that's oh, what they right. did. Yeah. I use them as an example. Not that we were the same type of rock, but I use them as an example because it was at the same era. They released that song that didn't hit, didn't hit, didn't hit, didn't hit. And they pushed it for like three fucking years, and then that song blew up. Whatever that first cool rock song that had a riff and shit. Yeah, I think I now they're you know Adam Levine fucking pop whatever. But in the beginning, nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. They released that song a couple of times. They released that song a couple. I forget the name of it. They released it a couple of times, and then the third time it blew up, and then they're fucking. I think his dad works in the music business, so. Connections, it absolutely he, he helps. Nobody gets that many chances, obviously. Like you said, three absolutely times. helps. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Rick Rubin. Uh, so he goes Def to Jam. Island Def Jam. Island Def, you know, label Sony loved us all about us. Island Def Jam did not give a rat's ass. Didn't know who we were. Didn't give a fuck. They had no rock. Their rock at that time was like some forty one and mm. and maybe Bon Jovi or something. You know, they didn't give a fuck at all. We couldn't even get a hold of anybody. Nobody cared. Nobody. It was like it happened to like five or six bands that were on American. All the same story. We're like, they had to take it. Doesn't mean they cared. And we had like deadlines in our contract. If you don't meet this, you don't meet that. Then we can get the fuck out and all that kind of shit. So they dropped the ball. So we we didn't get dropped. We got out. We're like, okay, you missed this. You missed that. We're out. Um. Because they just didn't give a fuck. They're like, 
you know, you couldn't what, get anybody. What was the album mixed, mastered, and everything? Mixed, mastered, everything. Yep, Jeez. sitting on a shelf. But just sitting, sitting on, on a shelf. shelf. Sitting on a and shelf. And so, what? Where is it at now? I mean, I know you. Rick you, Rubin's you, vault. You talk personally about this over the years. So yeah, I'm always fascinated to hear it's, more about it's, it. It's, and I think a lot it's, of people don't even realize the the details that that happened behind all this. So it's in it's in Rick Rubin's vault. They found it. Um, another part of the story, like a few years ago. Well. A lot of years ago now, uh, when we were doing stuff with John, we were kicking ass again. I got a hold of American, our old A&R guys. They look, dude, we're doing stuff. Let's get that record. Sell us the fucking record or give it to us. You guys already wrote it off your taxes or whatever. You know, it's <laughs> recouped to this and that and the other. Just like, let's get that record out. It's a great record. And they're like, oh, and you know, we're doing stuff. Let's figure it out. And we had meetings and we had this and me more meetings and they were down to do it. They're like, fuck yeah, this is a great story. I'm like, cool. I want to do a little documentary about it. Like, cool. We'll fucking give you money to do that. Da, 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 da. Can I get an interview with Rick? No, but he'll give you a quote. Okay, cool. I'm cool with that. <laughs> and it all went to fucking hell. Uh, had it all set up. And this is not that long ago, six years ago now. Mm. Maybe more. All went to hell. Uh, they found it. They they went looking for it. They couldn't find it at first, and then they found it. And it's in Rick Rubin's vault, sitting on the shelf, <clears throat> all ready to go. World tour, videos, everything we wanted. Yes. Jesus. Um. And you're not even on Spotify. And no. no and. No. I I'm not bummed out. I guess I should do that. I'm not too bummed that we will, I guess. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I know. It's the new thing you gotta do. It's just that's why I've been getting the rights back to everything. Because we had to like even the first thing we had to like, hey man, this stuff is still up, you gotta take it down. Like it's a whole process that kind of takes a while, kind of sucks. So we had to like wipe everything everywhere so we can okay put it out so it's credits us and not somebody else um but yeah man i had that all set up dude and then not my fault uh okay it didn't but, happen for but, certain reasons yeah let's just leave it at that. so now yeah. here you are here i am what's what is kind of the direction now that what short-term long-term goals for um you? short-term play write new music put it out we have a bunch of new stuff. Um, long term, my ultimate goal has always been to get that record out. The, the number one reason why we're touring, new guy, sing, is to get that record out. Because I still talk to Sony, and their last words after it was ready to go and it didn't happen for certain reasons is, when you guys are active again, let us know and we'll... We'll do something possibly. We'll do it. So is that one of the impetus for you to get to release do this with or with John so that you could just get absolutely yeah, okay. Get the, I can't yeah. go on much longer and not mm. have that out. I mean it's got this mm. legendary because he's not having dude. I, it's a thorn in my side, chip on my shoulder. 
Sure. Whatever way that we can, it's just. Yeah. I don't give yeah, a yeah. fuck if they sell it to you. us. Yeah, man, it's crazy. If they don't, if they sell it to us for cheap, so then we can put it out on Ripple or something, whatever it may be, or Sony to put it out and be like, "Hey, man, this is a crazy story. Um, yeah. Let's put this out because it stands up now. It's just a cool rock rock thing." But that's my yep. number one hundred percent catalyst for doing all these things. Plus, I want to play and tour my music. Absolutely, sure. but is so we can rekindle that conversation with Sony and be like, Hey man, let's put this out. It's a crazy story. Let's, let's cool. do a little 20 minute doc on it. So people can know the fucking story. Cause there's, you know, I watched that. Uh, if you ever watched that documentary about death, the band called death. Have you seen that? Oh, the, uh, yeah. The punk band death. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 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 yeah it's, I mean, it's not the same, but the same where mm-hmm. they were cool. They kind of fucked up or the one brother, but anyway, you know, that shit came out uh, 30. I don't want to wait 35 years, but fucking mm. it, it's getting it's like 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That'd be great. It'd be great. To, so, be yeah, to... man, let's, let's just get whatever it may be. And I, and I think so, they would be down to do it. And it's a cool story that they can capitalize as well. You know, where we can just do a little mini doc and but we'll talk to all these motherfuckers and do some film fest, put the record out, play some shows. Great. Yay. We did it. Thank God. I can. I can die happy now or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. just one of those, like, huge thorn where it's where I had it. I had it all set up, ready to go. Who gets a second chance? And then balls were dropped. And so that's why I'm doing it this way. We're like, let's just mm-hmm. let's go out and play. You know, we'll make a buzz again and be like, hey, man, you guys got that shit laying around. Let's put it out. You know, it's already paid for. Like, you have a free record. Sure, yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. By the biggest no names. <laughs> it, by the biggest names in the industry, man. Jim Scott, look him up. Fucking every platinum Grammy. He's got Wall of Grammys. Joe Brisi, same shit. He's done the last three or four tools. The last two, three Slipknots. You know what I mean? He's done the Queen shit. He did all the Kaya stuff. Like he's the dude, George Coolius, like mega producer. Now he's like film guy. Like he does all the film soundtracks. Like he's the you know music director. We're like, okay, this this scene needs this song. He he's that guy. Like he knows every song there is and the mood. And you watch that movie and it's that classic song. That's George Coolius. I mean, he did. What did he do? What did I just see? Where I was like, "What the fuck?" I think it was. Oh, he did a. Was it the Joker? The. Huh. What's his the you yeah, know the, with, the uh, dark one? Joaquin yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, 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 it's Joker. I could be wrong. I don't know. It was one of those movies. Where like, what he did that? Holy shit! I just yeah. saw some other movie he was in. He did and it, like he did the score. Yeah, not the score, but like the. Yeah. The mood song, you know, that's really this scene. You know, it's this 60 song because that captures the he's that guy, he knows every song there fucking is and all that shit mm. you never heard of. And you know, that's why he found that you like this. Like, who the fuck heard of us? He's like, Oh, these guys are great, yeah. Anyway, so I'll make it happen, you know. Cool. That's my yeah. fucking sole goal with that. And to re- release new music, man, you know, I think people. Mm-hmm. Dig that bank is on that tour we did last October. I mean, I was very surprised that there's a whole new generation that are super into it. Like, I'm figuring, like, oh, I was gonna be all these, you know, middle aged dudes. You know, we're all middle aged dudes. And dude, it wasn't, it was tons of kids, tw- tons, like tw- all 20 somethings, like 
into it. Like, yeah, they they somehow, you know, found out about this cool little band and they were into it and showed up and like my dad turned me on to this shit. You know, there's this one guy's this guy in Italy, this kid, super cool. He's like, ah, oh, he came to a couple of shows, like, my dad showed me this record. Fucking love it. You play that song. Oh my god, my parents are. And then his dad came to the next show. I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, what the? Nice. Super cool things like that. <laughs> where awesome. yeah, it felt good. Where it was like, oh, cool. There's another generation that are just into it. You know. Yeah. Well, how cool is that? I mean, just being from that. You know, you're from the early desert. You know, scene. Obviously, when there was a big scene there. Well, at least it was a big scene, but there was a scene there with all these bands coming out of there. Yeah. After Caius, I mean, how cool is to see now you said all these different generations. It just keeps going and going. It's not stopping. If anything, it's getting bigger. Yeah. Each generation, you know what I mean? Because it's, I mean, kids are young bands all over. The, I mean, John, obviously, he works with a ton of bands that just have that old school desert sound. And it's, yeah. It's just transcended all this, all these generations. It's unbelievable how it's just bigger than ever. I mean, that's got to, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, thank God for Europe because they get it. I've always sure. compared to compared to Europe, like they're more, they're more connoisseurs, you know, America's mm. kind of fast food for the brain, hamburger yeah. Europeans. Like if they're into it, they're into it. They like that filet mignon. Like, you know what I mean? Like if they well, like for your life. band they're, they're for, for life, life they, yeah. they are into it. They stay into it. Cause even again, that last tour, I saw so many people that I saw in like 99 and 2000, like that, Right. Saw them and since that, and then you know, we saw them the other tours we've done, but even on this, like, wow, you know, there's mm -hmm. you again. Holy shit, remember we met like 1999 when that fucking dude slammed in the back of our bus and tried to get money out of us, but it was all bull, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, fuck. And they brought a ton of their friends and just like really cool shit like that. Like they stay into it and they go to the show and they support and they buy the record and the shirt and you know, America is uh, very fast food for the brain. Uh, like, it's a know. different, cool. it's a different uh, culture, and they're oh, absolutely. You know, in our pop culture has obviously become very yeah. rap, hip hop centric. But there is definitely people that are into it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I mean, thanks for you too, John, because you help. Yeah. You're you're a big supporter and a big part of like the scene that's here in the states. I I give you mad props, man. Like, you know, there's people like you that are doing rad shows. You're into the, the rad bands, like. If I want to see like what's a cool band that's like that, I'm, oh, let me see what John's talking about right now. Oh, let's do it. Oh, that is cool. You know what I mean? So thank you on that. You know, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for doing my first absolutely. biggest rock revolution show ever. House of Broken Promises. Yeah. You and Mikey was, uh, can't see you and Joe. Fun. That was good God, we did a bunch of shows, that's for yeah. sure. Uh geez, one of the last ones was like you guys with Blackwater Rising, which yeah, is they were cool. We're gonna have Rob on the show sometime. And oh, nice! Yeah, he's did, good too. We, we did a good late night down there with some pizza down in a Fremont Street after the show. Yeah, but, but yeah. that was a hell of a night. That was good times, oh. man. It's always been good. I never really liked Vegas until we started doing shows with you, and I was like, all right, man, I get Vegas now. It's cool because <laughs> we played there a few times. Yeah, you need an HOBP, and it was just like, yeah, kind of weird. Like, yeah. mm, I don't know, man. This is. Mm, you really got to rally the troops. Here. Yeah, it, it's um, it, I, I rarely do shows. Uh, you know, I, I'm doing Planet of Desert Rock stuff like that, but I, I have one show right now potentially in the works. And it's because it involves an international band. Other than that, uh, luckily I have friends who do shows, and yeah. I'll help them, and I'll do like the the tunes between set using a Spotify playlist. Nice. Uh, yeah, just so 
you know, it doesn't go off course, we'll say. Absolutely. In a decent production for the show. Now, yeah. a song you guys remade, I wonder, I always wondered why. Why Stroke? Which I personally love the song Stroke. But why did House of Broken Promises do Stroke? Well, it started out when Eddie was still in the band. And then we would always play with HDR, which was Joe Mora's band. And we did uh, our buddy Rick Kosick, who's part of the Jackass people. Um, he was doing like a live stream thing before people were live streaming at, at Center Stage in L.A. And both our bands played. And I'm like, man, we got to gotta jam a song together, like something cool, not something we do, not something you do. Like, let's pick a song. And I forget how it'll come to me. How we picked the stroke, but I think I forget. I don't know if I came up, but Joe came up. I don't know. Somehow we're like something different. It's I always right. like to do something different, not like okay, we're gonna do a Black Sabbath song or something. Right, right. I mean, I'll do you that. Know, too. You did do Lady Evil. Though. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, I mean, I'll do, but but it's Dio Black Sabbath. Mm. Um. So anyway, it turned into where we did do that on that live stream thing, and it was cool. And then when Joe got in the band. Um, and of course we do it our way, you know what I mean? Yeah. When we were first trying to, we jammed it with them and like, we're doing it like the normal way. I'm like, guys, I can't do that. It drives me nuts. Like it was so boring. I'm like, let's fuck this shit up. Like this part, come on, let's get some motorhead in there or something. And then when we tracked it, we did it that way. And it was cool. Later when Joe, when we asked Joe to join the band and all that stuff. That was a great. It's a it's a fun song to hear live. Yeah, man, people you know, dig it. I love it. I, I tell you a weird thing. When I was a little kid, I, I love that song, but I never realized what it was about. And I thought mm. it was about a rowing team. And they're like Stroke. <laughs> I make and, that, and it's it, not. I'm not shit you. It's not. And I might have figured it out, maybe music when I was 21 yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. That uh, I always thought it was a rowing you know, team. You start talking about the eye on top and all that, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like oh god. Dude, Billy Squire was badass. I always oh, loved yeah. that song. Making a comeback. And I always <laughs> heard it like in my head the way we did it. You know what I mean? I'm like, fuck, let's do that. Yeah, it's um, so good. And then he yeah. danced in a video and ruined his whole career. Oh, uh, yeah. Rock me tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was yeah why do people do that? Colors and, yeah, yeah, bad decision. Dumb. Probably a record label. Um, just someone just... stupid. <laughs> Potentially yeah. early woke. Bad I saw news. him. Um, I worked a show. Uh, you know, I do production and stuff. It was uh, Ringo Starr's thing. You know, he always has different musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was, dude, it was awesome. But it was Billy Squire. It was the, I forget his name, the dude from um, Lucas. Down Down Nunda. What's that guy's name? I forget his name. Um, and Sheila E. But Billy Squire, and they did the stroke. Dude, he killed it, man. Like, it was so fucking right. cool. I yeah. set up. I'd like to see him. I set up. Uh, I've never seen him. The tech was cool. Ringo's drum tech. And, you know, we were talking tech shit. He's like, no, I knew what the fuck. So he's like, he let me help him set up Ringo Starr's drum kit and shit. And I'm like, oh, 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 Ringo Starr. Oh, shit. Oh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it, it's like badass Ludwig. This like, fuck, this is Ringo Starr. And then Ringo Starr comes like, oh, you know what I mean? I love the Beatles, right. whatever. It's the fucking Beatles. People hate the Beatles. Like, Chick hates the Beatles. I'm like, babe, you got to start out. Yeah, I'll I mean, they're you. still the Beatles. I'll get you there. The Beatles, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah like, I don't need to listen to the Beatles anymore. I heard them a lot. But mad respect for him. Good oh, God. dude. I, I, I mean, what they did is 
Me and Mike, way back, me and Mike had like a big era of like, there was nothing but the Beatles all day, every day for like, I don't know, a year or something. Like, swear to God, like just we covered Beatles shit in our metal band. We would do fucking metal versions of Beatles shit. Like we were just fucking Beatles. Now, it was crazy. Now, another House of Broken Promises uh, a question. So you did a video um, involving a lot of girls dancing. Remember mm. that one? Obey the snake. Obey yeah. the snake. Obey the snake. Mm. Huh. And uh, <laughs> is that Heidi from Butcher Babies in that? It's both of them, actually. Yeah, the chicks in the in the the what do you call it the the wrestling masks. That's that's the Butcher Babies. Yeah, wow. pre Butcher Babies because they were in a band. Right. What was the name of their band before? Um, Stiletto something. They were like before the Butcher Babies. There was four of them. I mean, they had a band, but there was four chick singers, and they were trying to do like a Steel Panther thing, but with four chick singers. Um, and they would same thing. They would do covers, but they would do them like, you know, they dress scandally with their tits out and our tape, whatever, all that kind of shit. And like have a fake bottle of Jack and yeah, and do that whole thing. thing. And it was got some, I forgot what they call it. It was like stiletto murder. I don't know. It was something like that. They would play the Roxy and stuff like that. It was all right. It was cool. But those two, I, um, yeah. after that went nowhere, that's when they started uh, Butcher Babies. But I knew them because they were cool. We used to hang out. And then I'm like, you want to do this video? You know, I need this, that, and that. And they were super All cool right. to be in it. And I guess I should put Butcher Babies on an hour or something. But Yeah. I'll actually see her tonight. She's performing on this thing Mike Varney put together. Oh, right. With musicians doing Who, a... Carla or Heidi? A Heidi. Heidi, the blonde, right? Heidi. Yeah, she lives here now. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, and Varney's doing something with... Uh, D it's like a Dio slash... Uh, Sabbath slash Rainbow. Is he playing? Pro he's kind of producing the whole night, or co-producing, I'd say. Uh, I don't think he's getting up there to play this hmm. time. But That'd be cool. Jason Walker go to that. is. You know Jason Walker. Yeah. He played, uh, uh, I think he's played a show or two that you have. And uh, yeah, a bunch of really interesting people. Vinny Apice. Nice. Yeah. yeah oh, Vinny will be there. Song. Wow. Yeah. He lives here now, too. Uh, Everybody's yeah, moving to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no Vegas, state yeah. taxes here, brother. There's I know. Been telling you that for I'm gonna years. buy something there soon. Once it's I get my cheap anymore, but once right. I get my parking lot finished and I'm making money with that, I'm gonna Ooh. buy some Vegas passive. Uh, passive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parking lots, bro. That's what you gotta do. Yes, I agree. I agree. Now, and so, what? Housebreaker promises just kind of on hold, I guess. Right now, um, you, you to... know what? Yeah, because. <clears throat> For me, COVID was like the best thing that could have happened at that time for me. It made me realize how burnout I was, how mm. sick of everything I was, how sick of everybody I was. I was sick of it all because I'm the guy that does everything. Um, some people help or they'll help for a little while and then they won't help. And then it's just so I was fucking not happy. I was burnout. burnt. It made me realize how yeah. burnt the fuck. I, seriously, burnout, man. You can probably ask Mike. He's like, yeah, he was fucking. You know, I just was not happy. It was it wasn't fun. It wasn't this. It was like if we're gonna do something cool, it was just I it's pain in the ass. I gotta do everything. It sucks. What the fuck? Everybody come on now. And then you know, it just yeah, COVID hit and 
I got a fresh start. Um, and I mean that whole our, that record, our new record, it's been done. It's just now figuring out when to put it out. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. It's been done. It's done. Been done, done for a while. It's just like you know, COVID hit, and then it's just like, all right, now things are coming back, but it's like you know, let's plan it and do it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Because I'm definitely, uh, for my own sanity, like, when that happens, like, we got to sit down with everybody and be like, okay, guys, let's do this, but let's do it this way. Because it has to be, I don't want to get that feeling again of being burnt out and not yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I look back, like, dude, I did probably 20 plus years of just killing myself nonstop. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, just. And it worked, and I did a lot of rad shit, and I accomplished a lot of things, and yada, yada, yada. But I still wasn't – it just got so much where – you know, I'm serious. I'm doing all the Photoshop. Oh, I think this. we – doing that. I think we get it. Yeah, yeah, We yeah. get it. You know, we, we know a guy uh, – well, Eric's Eric from – formerly a boy bidder, very similar in many ways. Eric, you, you know Eric yeah, totally, from totally. Boy Bader, right? Yeah. You guys put you on shows together. And it, he he's a workhorse too. He's in the industry, and you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting to. It, there's only so much you can do before there is that point of like, fraud. Yeah, I got that now, point. Now you you know, for a lot of people that don't realize, you're a working guy in the biz, and you go on tours with, you know, different bands. Yeah. Give us a few of those bands. Uh, besides Slipknot, we know Slipknot, which is super cool. And I did Slipknot uh, for like 15 years. Then I did Limp Biscuit for like oh, wow. five or six years. And that was a blast. I got to say, I, nobody likes Limp Biscuit, but like a live band, do they are amazing. They do kill it. Like yeah. whether you like their music or not, I was never a Limp Biscuit fan, yeah. but working for them and like, do they kill it live? They're all badass musicians. Like Wes is a fucking, he's, yeah, he's good. Mm -hmm. He's super cool, super innovative. He makes everything that he wears and all. Like, he makes it. Like, he paints himself up. Like, I don't know how he does it, but like, he does his whole back by himself. Like, nobody's coming and helping him. Too. Yeah, it's always he's, an, he's, a, he's an artist. Like, he, you know, he paints and he's, he makes the mask. Like, he's that dude. And he's, and he's cool as shit. And Sam's cool, the bass player. Everybody's DJ Lethal, dude. I hung out with Lethal a lot. That guy's nuts. He's fucking so cool, fun. I mean, he likes to party too much, but. I mean, I never had a Fred's cool. I mean, Fred's Fred, but as far as working for them, dude, it was awesome. I would go work for them again for sure because nobody cares here, but everywhere else in the world, they're still limp biscuit. Sure, so, yeah. like they yeah. rolled right. You know, they weren't like the bands in this hotel, the crews in that hotel. We're in the same fucking hotels. Everybody hangs out. Um. They paid right. You know what I mean? I mean, even like their per diem when I did, it was like 65 bucks a day. Like nobody does that anymore. Nobody does that. anymore. That's a whole nother paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're not spending shit. You're on tour. I mean, you know, days off or whatever, you buy some shit, but like pile that up. That's great. You know, mm -hmm. we did this one tour. It was like a vacation. It was all they did was festivals. They didn't do any of their own shows, maybe oh. one or two of their own shows. So it was like a big giant festival where like, you know, they're, they're headlined and, then we had three days off. So like we had like three days off in Frankfurt and three days off in Vienna and 
five days in Moscow, like every fucking place we had two or three days off. And what another cool part of it, Cadaver, who is uh, Wes's tech, like he was the best day off guy ever. Like he's like, all right, guys, uh, uh," you know, he would go find all the rad weirdest shit. You guys want to go? And we're like, let's go. And, you know, we went to the (laughs) we went to the Swiss Alps. Like we played this festival in Switzerland called Interlochen. And we, you know, they headline, so we, you know, load in first in the morning, sound check, got it all dialed, done. We're done by like 10 a.m. And he's like, okay, cool. So if we go over there, you see that as a train, we'll have the runner take us to the train. The train's going to take us over here, and then we're going to go to a fucking, you know, a tram, and then another train, another tram, and we're in the Swiss Alps. You want to go? Uh, yes, let's go. <laughs> and this was like an eight hour excursion where, like, we got the runner, the runner jumped off of the train. We bought the train, you know, whatever, like a 40-minute fucking ride to a tram up this fucking mountain to another train to another (laughs) fucking tram. Like, we're in the Swiss Alps. You ever seen that old James Bond movie where, like, they're skiing and they're shooting at them and the the evil guy lair? This this is the place that was the evil guy lair up in the mountain. So it was, like, it's called Shrillhorn. And the whole thing rotates. That was probably the movie, too. Like, the whole thing rotates. So you can sit there and drink coffee or beer and just, like, that's sick. It's of the yeah. Swiss fucking Alps. It was yeah. like the second highest place in all of Europe. This is like eight hour excursion. They're like, oh, we did all that. Come back down. Yeah. And you know, all the way up, there's like cows with the bells just sitting right there. Giant waterfall shooting over the train because it's just the snow melting. It's like this crystal icy blue water river, like insane. Like you never just all Lucky. that shit. Come back, come back. Eight hours later. Oh, we gotta go, we gotta go. Fucking they go on at eleven. We got back at like nine thirty at night, ten o'clock. <laughs> and rest Wes goes in there and you know starts fucking and then they fucking rocked the show. It was oh, insane. No. And yeah. we did that shit all the time. All That's the time. Sick. Yeah, all That's there's so, so many, you know, we were in Argentina. We went to that I forget what it's called. It's that cemetery where it's all the mausoleums and Evita Perona is buried there and all this. Mm-hmm. Shit. It's just like insane shit all the time. What's here that's insane? Let's go. And we went and saw it. We yeah, were in Germany awesome. and, you know, same thing. Bus, bus, this, that. And we go to this. It's like they give you a tour. It's like this underwater uh, lake, they call it. Because it was a, a mine and it flooded. <laughs> so it's like a lake inside this mountain. And you get in, little, you get in boats and you're in a mountain on a lake. And we did that, but they don't advertise it. But once you're in there on the tour, they tell you, oh, yeah, well, this is where uh, during the war, this is where the Nazis built the first jet plane. Because <laughs> oh, wow. you walk in and there's just like this, you know, tunnel and they would build the fl- fuse because um, they build it in this giant mountain because right. they're bombing the shit out of them. And they would build it in there. And it just there's like an inch around where they can shoot out the fuselage. And then send it to where they needed, where they first built right. the jet. Just crazy shit crazy. like that, where there's like there's plane parts. But then they tell you too, oh yeah, well uh, yeah, this is where uh, there was like 2,500 Jews in here building it, and you know they all died. Uh, crazy shit like that. They don't. Have to but I mean, that. it's history, and it's that's history. what's really it's fascinating to see these like things. You never get to do it. Yeah. Same here, same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even having to hear and see about the bad shit. Yes. reality is it's still history. You can't forget the bad shit because then you can't forget it either. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really now who else who who are you with nowadays? You're like it's oh I do this dude. uh band called Slightly Stupid. 
Oh yeah, um, San Diego band. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, they're like the biggest like a band. Reggae, you know, reggae uh, island, reggae type. Punk reggae, band. just with a little oh. bit of Grateful Dead, with a little bit mm-hmm. of punk rock. Some fish fans seem to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well. they, dudes, Miles, they, dudes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Miles, Kyle, like badass musicians. They kind of mm-hmm. took over where I guess uh, Sublime kind of left off because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, he died. Because that's how they got their start. Um, he signed them. What's his name? Noel. What's the? I forget. Brain fart. He signed them when they were like in high school still. Start to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They start putting out their records. So like, yeah, they're like, you know, definitely. I call it white boy reggae. It's reggae with a little bit of punk rock. Um, you know, they do like a Grateful Dead song, but I mean, all badass musicians, and it's fun. It's chill. Yeah, and they do it. I, it works for me now too because i don't want to be gone all the fucking time like i used to i want to be home um I'm about to do a summer tour with them and even that they do like thursday through sunday and then three days off nice and that the whole tour is that it's like yeah. four days on three days off four days on three days off so you can go home if you got shit to do or need to do whatever like you know what i mean mm. so it's uh and then besides the summer you know it's like just festivals here and there nothing grueling i don't want to do grueling i did a lot of grueling and mm-hmm. I, how big are the shows dude, they, the, not the festival ones but the regular shows how many people go to those shows? they sell out red rocks two nights in a row and red rocks is like nice almost ten thousand. they play some My some God. interesting places too a little off the beaten path i mean i know they played out uh north here at this town called murphy's it's like by the foothills and they sell that out it's like some winery and what are, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We did that. That place was rad. Right. That's awesome, what they right? do too, though. They yeah. they mm-hmm. they pick all the like most scenic venues that you can get. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of their yeah. their their vibe too, because all of them are like that vineyard. That place was beautiful. You beautiful, know, yeah. like we started in like um, there's multiple venues where it's this you know amphitheater, and then behind it is like a mountain and a stream. Like we started it last summer in. Montana or mm. Wyoming, where it was like picturesque, a mountain, there's some fucking deer running, right? What? And then nice. there's, you know, this river flowing, and that's the backdrop. Right, and right. then it's this amphitheater, and they're. Well, I imagine it's cool. A lot of the fa- imagine a lot of the fans enjoy marijuana and uh, mushrooms and acid. Some, I'm so sure they do. That yeah. makes it weed on that tour out. is for real. It is no, everything. It just weed. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want. I mean, you know, people like the the fans. It's an excuse to go out and have a trip. Yeah, literally. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like a. I get it. There's a lot I of young people, but it's mostly you know an older young crowd. Um, and yeah, tons of older weed. Crowd, they always have Don Carlos see. come out and Charlie Tuna. If you remember him mm. from Jurassic Five, um, it's a cool, fun, fun vibe. Yeah, mm. yeah. I've yeah. never been in like that reggae world kind of thing because my buddy yeah. Ty from Alien Ant Farm. Um, he was working for them because we did Godsmack together and uh, he hit me up to fill in for him on some stuff that he could do and then it kind of snowballed into like I would fill in for him and then I guess they liked me and they wanted me on also so it was kind of me and him doing oh, that's right. the you tech were, stuff. You did stuff with Godsmack too. Yeah, I got after Limp Bizkit, I did Godsmack same thing for like five something years. I think five years is 
like where you it's the limit yeah you get mm-hmm. like uh i mean god smack was fun god smack was great tech for sully you know what i mean he's cool mm-hmm. um but just you know like anything else like eh. yeah you put in a lot of time to all lot. the cool people left ty left because he started doing the uh, slightly stupid and then and then I was doing it, and they were bringing back people they fired 10 times, 20 times already. And I'm just like, what's going on? Man, this ain't fun. I'm out of here. Fuck this shit. <laughs> I went on some rant. They didn't like it. Oh, you want to rant? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. so- it's a famous rant. <laughs> oh, man. Famous, too. Now, <laughs> you got coming up uh, Ripple Fest and So Called Heavy Jam. Yeah, stoked, man. About seven days of each other. So. Super excited. I know both the guys that run these festivals, or I know all the guys that soak out, and then obviously Ryan Garney and them. And uh, really super happy uh, you and him linked up, made that happen. That was uh, something a while back. I was like, Oh, yeah, man. I'm stoked on Ripple Fest. It's, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about um, what are you going to do between those two dates? We're probably going to add another show somewhere, uh, probably LA. Um, Colin uh, McCoy. Mm-hmm. Who plays with you need it now? He's got 800 bands. Um, he does. Dude, he's the shit. I love Colin, man. Like doing that European he's a beast on stage. Beast on stage. Okay. And that's what I love because yeah. yeah. I knew him, but I didn't really know him. And then playing starting to jam with him and stuff. Like he's into all the stuff me and Mike were into that we kind of used to get hated on. You like shred stuff, you know what I mean? Like he was bummed that when we played Vegas and, you know, we told him later, I was like, oh, dude, fucking, you know, show him a picture of Mike Varney and all that. He's like, yeah. oh, dude, he's so crazy. He comes to our shows. He's so like, he doesn't even know. He's like, what? What? Mike Varney? Oh, fuck, man. The one time I leave, really got that. Like, he was all bummed because he was a big, you know, Shrapnel wow. Records fan and he likes to tear it up and like, yeah. you know, he likes to go fucking level 10 and all that shit. Well, and that's what's cool run. about. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's yeah, cool about you need it now too. Is like we're you know it's fucking level ten where you know we kind of had to keep it a little tamer in the old days, but now it's just like dude, that's fucking right. war. Let's go to war. So you're thinking LA yeah. maybe for the other for another day? The day before um, or... yeah, because we're gonna when Mark flies in, we're gonna do Ripple Fest and then we're gonna do stuff in the studio, um, track vocals and stuff, and then I want to add another show, whether it be a desert show or we might do something that Collins. Um, his spot, uh, Susperia, is that what's called, right? Um, which we're most likely definitely do. We might do both. Might do a desert and the LA one because you know. So Cal Heavy Jam, that's uh, yeah. Great we got to We got to do another sound of the heavy man. I was gonna talk to you about that. We gotta bring. We gotta bring. We gotta bring that back, man. I got a cool place yeah. to do it too. Um, there's this ranch, kind of out in thermal area that's would be super cool to do i did a couple of like you know audio gigs there for like high schools and stuff doing their, like their ffa dinner anyway but talking to that owner like he wants to do more stuff he wants to do some rock or some ray he wants to do whatever you know he mm-hmm. built it to be like an event space so i'm like yeah I'm probably can do a cool rock thing out here nice. so i mean high so- desert's cool but that's very it'd, cool it'd be cooler to do something that's not in the high desert, all bar would have been cool. Maybe there again, but you know who knows. Everything's been, you know, high desert's getting kind of really super gentrified. Mm. 
So quick, uh, Arthur, uh, Craig Kozik, I, we talked about him before real quick, Man's Ruin Records. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Obviously, first record you guys put out, um, full length. Uh, couple with the Urban Coyote, obviously, on that label. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about Frank. Uh, Frank was awesome, man. He gave us a chance. Um, he gave us like five grand and let us go record and we did it at monkey studios and we did it in like seven days from like start tracked, finished, mixed in seven or less days. And that's when John and Mike were working together. They were, you know, vet techs. And, uh, I was smart and took vacation. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this because monkey studio had a pool. And I'd go early and chill in the pool in the <laughs> studio today. Yeah. Those motherfuckers going to work 7am. They would get out of work, come to the studio. We record all night. They would shoot each other in the ass with B12. They'd get it from work and shoot each other in the ass with B12 <laughs> before we start. And like like that song, um, You Wish, on that record. Like, yeah. dude, Mike is literally falling asleep while he's playing that song. Like, no joke. <laughs> it's a long song, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, because <laughs> they would they'd be in there until 2, 4 in the morning. And they, they'd have to be at work at 7. And work all day, and then come back, and we did that for seven days straight and record it all. But Frank was cool. We're like, he gave us that chance, he gave us the money, you know, and it was a 50-50 deal even back then. He's like, dude, 50-50 fucking deal, everything, boom, done. And we're like, thank you. I think he did <laughs> funny story. I think he did get a little butt hurt because we kind of told him how to do the artwork, and that was his whole thing. He's yeah, Frank Kozik, he's an mm -hmm. artist. But it was that era of like there was a lot of Planet of the Apes going on, and we were like, "Man, I don't want Planet of the Apes, man," because he did Fatso and it was Planet of the Apes, and right, he did. Yeah. It was like a lot of bands. All of a sudden, I guess he had a Planet of the Apes phase, yeah. and we were all like, "John," and all of us were like, "Man, I don't want Planet of the Apes." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love Planet of the Apes. I'm like, oh, sure. "Sorry, yeah. had it in that band." I don't even know if I do. And, it kind of creeped me out. And then, uh, so uh, like the cover you have. Like the car, that's my car. That's my 57 Ford Fairlane. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. So that's actually a pamphlet because where the studio is, where we rehearse, used to be across the street. Like, seriously, like two minute walk was a dog pound. Mm. And we would go in and there, you know, they're all, we're pet people, man, like massively. Mm -hmm. So there was this pamphlet in the dog pound that's, that's the name of the record. It was the pamphlet was coping with the urban coyote oh, and it was a pamphlet yeah. of how you know deal with coyotes in the urban aspect and all that shit so the cover is that pamphlet <laughs> and then i told him hey man because it was like a pinto or something i don't know what the fuck it was uh, <laughs> i'm like can you put can you put my car instead of that car and he's like oh yeah okay cool so i took pictures of my car like the same angle of that car mm -hmm. and he photoshopped that in and then the nice. back cover with the the the, the, the dog the whatever that collie thing, whatever the fuck that thing is. That was a picture in Mike and John's vet that they worked. It was on the mm -hmm. wall. So they took okay. a picture of that and he warped it and stuff. And we kind of, you know, and then the inside thing was like this coyote hotel. And that's from, um, dust del Dawn two. Okay. There's a scene where it takes place in the coyote hotel. And it was, so I took a picture of the screen, and so we sent him all the things. This is how he wanted. And yeah. I don't think he liked that because well, they like the 
vision. He likes to do the, he's the artist, he's Frank Kozik. I get it. But you're an artist too. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, we didn't. You're outspoken a little bit. We didn't want Planet of the Apes. But I think he got kind of, I think he got kind of a little butthurt because he was definitely an artist. Like he had that artist temperament. You know what I mean? I'll tell you another story about it. But like, so like he never made us a, a cool do you need a poster like he did for everybody else because after yeah, that he yeah, got a little no. you could tell he got a little salty about it and i'm like oh, mm. well you know and then i was at uh but he was cool as shit man i he was i, I mean i we can thank him for i got the ball rolling you know that record yeah. got the ball rolling for rick rubin the oh just a sure. cool rock record you know what i mean mm-hmm. that yeah. was that was our you know cole electric record me and john you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Which uh, which album had uh, my favorite song, Black Woman, on it? That one. Right. We actually did Black Woman for this uh, compilation in Europe first. It was like a few months before this comp. This I forget who put it out, but it was just this compilation. And they gave oh. us a little bit of money and we recorded that. That's why when you listen to Black Woman and you listen to the other songs, they're a little different. They're a little sonically different because hmm. we recorded that a few months earlier or not that long earlier and then we went in and did all that but we added that because all it came out was on a compilation so we're like fuck that that record's dope i mean that song's dope put that on that record but i was in frisco one time and i went to the headquarters uh frank because i'm like i want to go check that out mm-hmm. and uh you know i knew everybody worked there cool people and i went in there i flew in went down there i'm like oh wow because it was crazy you know, it was this just art shit and his posters and like you know, vintage TVs and this and radios, just weird shit everywhere, as you can imagine. But, you know, like going into it, there's like a hole in the wall, like next to the door. Like, I'm like, what happened there? Oh, uh, Frank lost his key. So he punched a hole through the drywall, opened the door. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's crazy. And I'm in there and I'm like in the bathroom, whatever. And I'm like looking at this other shit. And he comes in and somebody had like, broke the antenna off this like weird artwork TV or something he had or this vintage thing. I don't know. And he like lost it. Like snapped and just berated everybody and ripped everybody an asshole for like five minutes. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm just like, Oh shit. I don't think, I don't think he even knows me. I'm just sitting in the corner like dude, awkward as fuck. Cause like, dude, he like flipped the fuck out. I was like, Whoa, the hole in the wall makes sense now. And then, you know, kind of snuck out i'm like hey man let's come back later and then the 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 people work there they're like hey uh yeah frank was like uh oh hey was that arthur and I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like yeah that was arthur he's like oh oh well tell him i said hi right, come back <laughs> all calm and normal like nothing ever happened but dude he was like i'm like fuck he's gonna i thought he was gonna rip off the other thing and start beating people and shit like he was an artist i mean that's yeah. sometimes you gotta do absolutely it. absolutely right, i'm not bagging him i'm not dogging him for it i just i was like Woo, damn dude like yeah i mean you ask you know uh whoever that worked there you know i'm still friends with them uh, they're they're cool you know uh What's her name? Lane. Um, she worked there for a long time. And uh, I remember, like, you know, I mean, I have a ton of those posters. Like, it's crazy. I remember her back then. She's like, I have, I go, you know, because I, when I win, I, you know, I want some posters. These shit, I love posters. They hook me up with a bunch. She's like, oh, yeah, I have a couple of each. That's going to put my kid through fucking college later. I'm like, mm, you know, you're probably right. 
Yeah. He he was a cool guy, man. We did the you know South by Southwest and that Troubadour show. We did a few things, and he was always super cool, man. Just a cool nutty dude that liked good music, and you know his label yeah. was the fucking the label yeah. of that era of good rock music. You know what I mean? Oh, Caius yeah. and Queens, like he started so many fucking red bands, mm-hmm. or people looked to that label. Like what's fucking cool underground? Like that label has helicopters, this, that, just like rad shit. Like he was just into good music and yeah. you know, and it was a no bullshit deal. It was 50-50. That's just it. Here's your money. You know, not that much. Cool. We'll make that work. And 50-50 down yeah. the line, you it's sell it. Yeah, man. And it's like that's yeah. awesome. That's and no bullshit. Yeah. And then when he did close it, he sent us all the CDs he has. Hey man, I'm calling it a day. Here you go. And we got nice. eight, wow. eight billion fucking boxes of fucking CD. I have like three still, like full boxes. Well, I, need them. Uh-huh. I need one. I need one. I'll get you one. I mean, this is like the original pressing with the fucking explicit lyric sticker on oh, it. Nice. Shit, oh, yeah. like ninety nine or yeah, it was like late ninety nine. Like give me two of them. One I'll listen to. One I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give that to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because like, awesome. dude, those go for like hundred bucks and yeah. on eBay and shit like oh, that. Like, give me pressing, yeah. <laughs> it's the original fucking thing with the explicit yeah. lyric bullshit. I remember, like, because oh, I was kind of close to that era of the PMRC and all that shit. Yeah, uh-huh. and I remember getting that CD and going. Oh wow, that is kind of fucking annoying. That sucks, but you know what? That's cool too. Ah, fuck you, because he says right. fuck you know a couple times, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, I'll hook you up, man. Well, speaking of urban coyotes and John here, um, I'm gonna put. Want to play you this real quick, Arthur? This was oh, John. Just as John, John, go ahead and tell tell the story about your your little excursion. Oh, there's, some, there's some urban coyotes. Lake, there you go. Out at Lake Las Vegas, Sunday. And I took a walk, did three miles, just walking around. It's a beautiful area out. In the, and I'm driving back up the hill wow. to leave Lake Las Vegas. And fucking, there's coyotes. They don't give a fuck. Out. Look and the like, cars just stop. So, yeah, it was a, three of them. That one right there is creeping around. What part Lake, of Vegas? Lake Las Vegas, which you would not know. What part? East, west? Lake Las Vegas, east. 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 It's over by uh, Lake Mead. Oh, okay. uh, it's a beautiful little area. It's like a plant community uh, that that really didn't ever take off. They're fucking eating all but your now, dogs and cats. That's why they're there. Well, were they feeding them, John? Because I've seen people like, were they throwing stuff? For the well, yeah, season? someone's throwing them. Oh, that's stupid. Idiots. I don't know if they're throwing them hot dogs or whatever the fuck. But um, when I was on my way out there, there was tremendous amount of construction and stuff like in the middle these desert areas which is funny because it's not like we got any water yeah right <laughs> around here so <laughs> yeah. but oh yeah you just this, fed him I've something seen, I've that's seen, not cool yeah yeah, yeah. i've seen coyotes since i've lived here i lived up in the suburbs in seven hills i see them at night uh but this is the first time i've ever seen them during the day see that sucks they're feeding them now they're gonna get used to that shit yeah exactly and they're gonna come in and they're gonna eat your fucking little dog and i have a little dog so i have two little dogs me and jetta have two little dogs and they're gonna come in they're gonna eat your fucking dogs and cats man i mean they're beautiful i love them but like they come in the fucking fuck your shit up (laughs) but that was the pamphlet coping with the urban coyote it was all that how to deal with that and don't feed them and be careful your pets and all that shit because you know they run in packs they'll fuck you when i lived on the ranch when i was a kid like 
Packs of them would come in, and we had chickens and all that shit, and they would just fucking decimate, man. They would come in and tear that shit to threads. We had, like, little piglets at one time, too. They would come in and fucking shred all the piglets. It was crazy. Wow. Damn. Yeah. My dad would fucking shoot them. (laughs) He did what I remember. My little kid was like, you know, fucking probably 50, 75 yards, running full speed, and he went out there, that motherfucker, and nail it. My dad was like this sharpshooter police Olympics uh competition guy yeah yeah you like you like the um yeah man i did uh, a thing this morning for sure yeah i like the competition i'm like you know yeah. end of the world guy where like i carry every day i have my ccw mm-hmm. i have my permit i'm legal um i train i practice and all that i did a class this morning but uh i like the competition it's fun man you know that's my yeah. whatever Release or whatever. You yeah, want to yeah, release. yeah. If it's not music or that, I like to do that. That's my other passion. Where I, I, it's fun. It relaxes me, and mm-hmm. I like to be prepared. The world's getting fucking nuttier, and uh, you know we're oh, yeah. probably gonna need that here soon. Um, Good chance of it at this point. Where you're going, yeah, man, dude. Like seriously, you know? it's like they're they're pushing that on us. They want us. They want it. They want you to do it exactly. They do. Yeah. So you can take them away. That's why. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and there's... you pr- you produce some albums as well. If I if I'm not mistaken, you yeah. did Steaks Slab City. Uh, I just had steak here for Planet oh, nice. of the Rock. Two, uh, three, How was that? Yeah, three. Really, it was great. Sweet. Yeah, they're Success. good guys. Reese's dude. Reese is a smart guy. He does Desert Fest. Like so smart. That festival yeah. is such a great yeah. festival. Wow. Uh, Massive. last uh, fall when we did it, we did Desert Fest, uh, Belgium. That's one of my favorites. I mean, we've done them all pretty much, but Belgium, yeah, beautiful country, and they have their shit together. That, that fest, that venue oh. is spot on. Everybody, the, the the crew, everybody that works it, like it's so well done, so well yeah. done. You know, this main stage, we played the main stage. We were first on the main stage. It was fucking awesome. Just treated right the right people, you know, doing the audio, doing the video. Oh, you guys, uh, here's the video. Mm, send it to you. Boom. boom. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, Everything yeah. like food, this, that drink, whatever you need. Like, they got it down, man. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. It's I, it, me and I was uh, talking to him to do it Billy here, Joe. but like uh, we were making progress. And then uh, I think they kind of uh, delayed that. They do the New York one. And I'm like, Hey man, let's, Let's bring it here. I know I got the yeah. perfect place to do it. It'll be fucking dope. Um, they flew out. We looked at all the spots, and that was the heavy psych sounds weekend, wasn't it? They flew. Uh, out. I think so. Like, um, but but that, then they wanted like to buy. They wanted to buy land and just have it so they can keep doing it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Do it. Get it now because it's ain't you know. Right. Nothing's gonna be left. Wow, that's a big yeah. investment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. But that was a great album too, as well. Yeah, it was uh, fun. John Garcia. Even was uh, on this on Pisser uh, with them. Yeah. And, uh, what's interesting, Arthur, is Steak added another guitarist. Oh, like what? Three? Are they doing Iron Maiden or what? No, just two. two. Reese is two. not playing guitar. Or? Oh, Reese, that's right. He was only. That's right. That was only him. And the other guy does some singing as well. Nice. And so it really adds this other layer. Uh, they did an unbelievable set at Vamped. Uh, most, I'd say, people walked away from Planet Ezra Rock talking about them 
Oh, I bet. Of any band. And, and, and people were blown away. We were like, holy shit, High Desert yeah. Queen just packed in action. And John Garcia, it was so cool to see him do, you know, acoustic, like right there with us. You know, very intimate, advanced. And there were so many good bands. But Steak was interesting. And when the lighting, they finally figured out, keep the fucking lights down. I, I keep telling, I keep, I, when I look around, I'm like, man. With these kind of music, do not have it bright white yeah, lights yeah, all the yeah, time, yeah, you know? Yeah. And they had it where it was a more of a red. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched some stuff. Yeah, oh, like cool. It, it's just so memorable, you know, when you can put, align those things produ- production wise. But production's yeah, a big part of great. it, man. You got to be, so that's why I always bring my yeah, own they, lights and make sure I know I, at least I have something that's going to be cool and look good, whether they have nothing or not, or they care or don't care. Yeah. Uh, How you backlined, you backlined Planet Desert Rock 2. And then we did, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, right. yeah, yeah. You did all the guitars for all the yeah. and eight European bands coming down. And so, yeah, that was Parker, great. Uh, help, uh, with that. And then we did that show the day before uh, Stone and Dust did the uh, heavy. God, what the hell did you call it earlier? The show we did. Oh, uh, Sounds of the Heavy. Sounds of yeah. the Heavy. Big day there. As yeah, well. that worked wow, out good, had, man. Like six, seven bands. That, dude, that Three, show, uh, four, four, my year that show worked out so well that they, Tried to steal our date the next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we those didn't... other people that were throwing a show because yeah. I told the guy, Hey, yo, let's say the same date this weekend. Da, 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 da. We'll do this and that, and the other. And then yeah. uh, I hit him up, they're like, Oh, they uh, they took that date. Right. I'm like, What? Yeah, anyway, I know, it was the whole thing. Uh, you know how it is. You know, how it is. those, those, different, that was those different entities that aren't around anymore and they split and then. Uh, Right. It's, it's the music business, I, people. I, I, I still have t- people tell me that they really loved that night. Um, it was like for many people, they took the chance and they got the the wisdom of discovery. Yeah, and, and seeing Saturna, Omega Sun, Green Desert Water. Um, I feel like I'm skipping someone. I feel horrible. Dude, about everybody, it. what's that one guy with? Uh, he does all the like uh, parody songs now. He's killing it. Oh yeah, Udo from yeah Kaiser. yeah dude yeah, that guy yeah. is killing all Udo's those songs, killing it man. Yeah, I saw him on just, some random somebody else posted on some other like bigger thing. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I said, hey man, keep it up, dude. You found your niche. Yeah. He's a producer. He's a producer, so he knows how to you know yeah. make things sound a certain way. We'll say, and uh, those are it, it's unbelievable. He mixes Caius totally. with Stone Age one minute and this the next, so. Yeah, we had a lot of talent that day, and uh, yeah, we had that uh, Afrobeat band come over from L.A. Yeah, yeah, I had Colin doing his Diesel Boots things out in the patio. Oh, that's right. yeah. The owner loved it. He fucking he was super stuck. He's like, oh, let's do it again. Let me know. I'm like, yeah, dude, next year, like, say the day. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I hit him up like, hey, make sure say the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that, that other bigger fest, like, tried to yeah. steal it, yeah. but then they didn't. But then everything went the hell anyway. Yeah, then COVID yeah, hit and yeah. it all went the hell. There you go. But yeah, we should, we should figure that out, man. That'd be cool. You never know. Yeah, sure. And we'll get you back here sometime or another uh, as well. Uh, it'd be great to get you, Nita, back here. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And I'll be at both shows, man. SoCal Heavy Jam down there's in probably, San Diego. Uh, was so good. There's probably a reasonable flight from New Jersey to Vegas. So yeah, very doable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And it might be for the right situation. I'll actually do a show in Vegas, and that would be 
the kind to do and have a good runway for it so people yeah, know absolutely, about it. Absolutely. You know, well, I you know, we'll like talk that. about like when this uh these early Unita songs come out and stuff like that. We'll do something cool. Because we're going to put those four. Um, we're just figuring out artwork. It's kind of slow because some people take a little longer to make decisions and all that. Yep. So everything's the music's yes. done. It's just like, all right, let's figure out. I, I found some old flyers from that era that, you know, say 13. Because we did a bunch of shows under that moniker. Um, so we're just going to put out something cool. Find some old, you know, decide on like, oh, I've got I've got the archives, dude. I've got. I've got us live at CBGB's. I got us live at Hellfest. I got us live at all this crazy shit. Just picking the ones that everybody likes um, to add some cool stuff to those. And, you know, I've got crazy demo versions of stuff. Like, I have all the original demos from that Sony record that we did here in my place on, like, a fucking 8 that player, 8 channel fucking DA78 and stuff that are really cool. Right. Um, yeah, man, you're, uh, you're loaded to bear, so I think people are really gonna uh get to see. A I'm lot just trying more to get all that stuff out there, do the Unita stuff and these new, and then the new Unita songs, and then let's sit down with Joe yeah. and Mike and figure out the HOBP stuff. And then you said you have a solo, solo record I'm doing a solo record, I got a bunch of songs done. Um, my girlfriend. Um, we're doing some stuff, some songs together too. That's gonna be part of my soul stuff or stuff that we do because she's a fucking phenomenal singer. Um, so I'm just I'm gathering everything and then just trying to plan it right. Because like I said in the beginning, yeah. adulting, you know, my mom's at the age where you know she's 88. I've been taking care of her for like three years straight, like you know every meal and this and that and diapers and stuff. I finally came to a point where, you know, she needs more help than I can do. So I have her in that right. hospice and stuff. Uh, and then her house con wow. fire. So I've been Sorry, dealing man. with that, like sure, total man. loss, you know, gutted it to the studs, stuff like oh, that. No. Adulting where it's like took two years to get the permits Ooh. from the city just to even start. You know what I mean? Like everything's like insane. Yeah. Like, so yeah, man. Pain. Oh, dude, the bureaucracy and red tape is phenomenal it's so and it's so pain it's like man i'm just trying to get it done trying to get like you know the insurance cancels the policy but they still have to cough up yep and it's just this and everything's okay did the roof oh but two you said 10 but these three no what and like hey man you said this i spent nine thousand on plans uh dude like the the, insane insane Need to permit yeah. to wipe your ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Doghouse. Need to permit. Yeah, right, it's just right, fucking, yeah. The rear crazy. neighbor's nuts. He's like throwing rocks on my contract. Just, dude, like <laughs> beyond, like, be, it's like, what the? I'm just trying to get the fucking thing done. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know, it's very admirable that you are and everything. I have much respect for you, Thank my you. friend. And uh, just keep doing the, doing the thing. And I, I think that you and I both agree, and I think Matt's right there with us. You need a uh, that music needs to be heard. Yeah, oh yeah, needs to be heard live. That's why I'm doing it, and and I'm going to keep pushing you that it's important to get it on Spotify. Um, it's a very important medium. I know you just don't think about. What I'll get it there. Like, like I said, we're getting got to get it on there because yeah, finally got the lights back to everything where we had to wipe yeah, it all mm-hmm, and yeah. then put it on yeah. as that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where Ripple's I mean, gonna come to play. Be, we've been talking to yeah. to them, and 
Todd. Yeah, the Todd, and he's yeah. super cool and gets it. And uh, I think I introduced you to him. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, I, so. I mean, I fully was aware of you know yeah. they're the yeah, the one of them. Yeah, him and Heavy Psych sure. and Easy Rider and you know. Yeah, I think Ripple has a great reputation. And Todd has a great reputation. And that's oh, why we great. we lean to them because. You know, not he's everybody right. has a great reputation. He has a great reputation. We've talked to him. He's really cool. He's a big cult head, too. So we're like, oh, the cult is going wrong. You oh, know, yeah. so that's probably, well, that's definitely going to be where we're going to get a lot of this stuff out. And, you know, same thing. Cool, like, man's ruined deal. Like, positive deal. Mm-hmm. X mm-hmm. amount of time. Get it back. No bullshit. Oh, yeah. yes. Thank you. Let's just get this stuff out so people can hear it. And you this got new it. stuff and the old stuff and. Yeah, Ripple's yeah. really it. Uh, they're doing something with Romano right now, which of course is John's yeah, yeah. Uh, last project before doing the solo stuff. And Obsessed is coming up. Yeah. So it's, you know, we know Heavy Psych, they have a lot of the desert heads, uh, you know, the Brants and, and some of those folks like that, Yanni Man, I think. But uh, Ripple is carving out this these certain big players as well. So I think it's really, yeah, they got cool a good vibe. We did some stuff with heavy yeah, psych yeah. and they're cool people, but uh, ripple just seems like a, a nicer fit. Um, and it's going to be the catalyst uh, where, like I said, my whole point of this is to get that Sony uh, official release, whatever it may be, sell it to us, sell it to ripple, it is, sell it to whoever, sell it to me, give it to me or put the fucking thing out and just get it cool. out. Right? Yeah. Like you're going to make money. And or and if you don't give a fuck, then just give it to me for ten bucks and <laughs> thanks. Yeah. You know, we'll see. I'll Let's make it happen. I will make it happen. Yeah. I made it we'll happen already. Happen. I'm gonna make it happen again. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Fighting the fight, I'm not afraid. Good things, a lot of good things mm-hmm. coming up. It's been like I said, man, like uh, COVID was good for me where I got to cleanse all the fucking negativity and like the bad yeah. shit and like take a break and not feel bad about taking a break. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm in a good spot. I'm getting the things done, you know, mom stuff, house stuff, this stuff, parking lot stuff, like girl stuff, Jetta, you know, just yeah. everything. It, it's a good thing. Like we're good for each other too. It's like Zen. It's like Zen time. And like, let's get all this thing. Let's get all these things done and, and just be positive and be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to keep all the negative yeah. shit. Eh, negative? No, done. That's yeah. don't have time. Cool. Don't have time and energy for that. Let's let's kick ass and that's it. Well, thanks so much for oh, uh, great, man. coming yeah. on. Arthur. Always a pleasure. Really Thank you so much. It. I'm not yapping my ass off, but I guess that's the point of yeah, this. It's and, the point uh, of it, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I got plenty more stories. You just let me know. Oh yeah.
Uh-huh.